Pivni to do it. But the thing is, why does he need Pivni? Why doesn't he just take the motorcycle? Right. Oh, why is he in there? This is tormenting the guy. Now, this is weird, too. Everybody sees them all running off. So they said, quick, get on the bus. It doesn't make any sense. Why do they need to follow? They don't need to follow. It doesn't make sense. Now, this movie has had a plot the whole way through, and it has made sense the whole way through. But now, like Michael always says, it's no longer grounded. It isn't making sense. Yeah. I just need a better way to make an egg, uh, egg McMuffin. Oh, you do? Well, then Hamilton Beach is for you. Is this what they do in New Jersey? I went to a uh, grill, and they're like, can I get a, a Taylor Ham egg sandwich, please? Yeah, Taylor like, Ham yeah, egg and cheese. You don't have that. Get the Hamilton Beach ready. There you go. Get oh, the Taylor Hamilton Jersey Beach fair. ready. Taylor Hamilton. I miss Taylor Ham, absolutely. It, it, I don't understand why the rest of the world doesn't have it. It's it's really, I mean, it's akin to a hot dog, you know. I mean, it's it's processed meat, and it's the worst part of the uh, pig. And then they put in that um, tangy stuff. You know what I mean? They trick yeah. us into thinking it's good. Uh, and I'm tricked. I love it. Well, you can buy it in a supermarket. You just got to know the trick. You got to cut like a little radius or whatever so it doesn't like curl up when you cook Wait, it. Wait, in San Francisco you can buy it? I, I buy it like, it doesn't say Taylor ham on it, but it's like, you know, Canadian ham. Like, isn't that the same? No, Canadian no. bacon is really luncheon meat in a circle. I mean, Mike, you're from Jersey, but I guess that doesn't mean you know Taylor ham real well. Uh, no, I, I do know Taylor ham. Yeah, I used to go to Dizzy Bee Diner. Okay, okay. So it's, uh, yeah, it's like, well, I already said, it's like processed meat with the, I love it. I love it. And it's not Canadian bacon. So you can't get it in California, right? I mean, why should that only be in It's Jersey? not really. Yeah, it's not really uh, out there. Okay. I don't know. Here. There's some other stuff. I mean. Heat of the Night. Heat of the Night. Yeah, yeah with Archie Bunker. And not and Howard E. Jr. Yeah, not Sydney. Look at that Sunday, four hours. Jesus Christ, four hours. Of, well, was it like uh, those characters hated each other in the movie? Well, it was Sydney like Carol Connor's character. Yeah, they did hate each. Well, they didn't. They grew to like each other, but for most of the film, yeah, they were had a rivalry. Wow, this channel plays four hours of the heat of the night on Sundays. How did he even get this movie? It's a marathon. They must have pulled it, like, well, we only played the Heat of the Night the mini marathons, followed by Designing Women all night. Yeah, right. So they play the Heat of the Night at night. Oh, yeah. And not too late. They stop at 10 so you can get a good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, they know their demographics. Right. Black Friday. Dinner at 5 p.m. So this must have been It's going to sleep at 10. From these commercials, I'm assuming this, ha this uh, aired in November of 2016, prior to Black Friday. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, well, I mean, the December, I think it was December, because they're like, the deadline's on December 7th, and it's days away. And for some reason, this well, we channel Black is Friday, all about yeah. old people. Yeah, well, I mean, old people are going to watch Key Party in the heat of the night. I guess so. 
Listen, I would probably think they're showing the movie to, to, uh, twice in a row if I found out it was four hours of it. So now Craig is like, I'm just kidding. I was just kidding. I'm not in love with him. Let's go back. And Frankie Avalon is like, not as long as those guys are following us. And now Barbara and Linda are having like a heart to heart and they realize they love the boys and it's their fault they got pushed away. You know, every time he went to kiss her, she just made him feel like a fool. So they're regretting. Right. She doesn't now she doesn't feel like laughing at him. And okay, so now Dick yeah, Miller is Dick Miller. Right. He's he's they're they're gonna owe him five hundred and eighty dollars, which they don't have. That is some cab ride. Must be surging, right? Unless it's called during surge. I'll drive. The fare it's up to four hundred and seventy five bucks. And they have oh, no come on, money. that's not fair. Ah, that is fair. <laughs> okay. So that's 1965 money. When there's some big event and we don't see it, we see the aftermath. And we're going to get another one of those uh, scenes. I got to use the bathroom. <laughs> I got to jerk this guy off in a glory hole. Jerk him off. I'm it's sorry. Uh, I'm 6 a.m. and they need gas real bad or she, he's going to lose them. Uh, it's uh, the Cardinal's thing for some MMA world. Right. I'm, oh, yeah, they didn't show him get beat up. Right, and where's his one room effect. I'm late for Let's Make a Deal. Right. So he's basically, they couldn't afford Gary Owens. This is prior to right, his, um, game show life. Oh, wow. I'm going to be a big star. They took a Greyhound from California to Utah? What's that? They were in Indy. What's that? About Utah? They took a Greyhound from California, yeah, to Indiana, I guess. Right, right. Where's the locations? Where's the locations? It was Indiana, right? Here it is. Yeah. No, it was Idaho, Sun Valley, Idaho. Idaho. Um, so, yeah. So they show up and uh, Dick Miller's like, hey, the Pacific Ocean. And the other two are, you know, like, oh, is it still there? I mean, it's their neighborhood, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is a little different. I have, I have driven by this area. It didn't move. Is this Ventura Highway, I guess? Yeah, I guess. It's so strange, Carl, because as you said, we grew up in New Jersey, and I don't remember tell him, but uh, I do know that when you watch movies, especially movies in California, it creates this universe of, wow, this must be what California is like. Uh -huh. You surf during the day and then drive up to the mountains and ski at night. It's like uh, people who've lived here all their lives and they've never gone to Empire State Building or Statue of Liberty. Why would they? You know, that's something yeah. for the tourists. Yeah, like, it never crosses your mind. Wow, it's so beautiful. I, I think I've been to this. I mean, it looks familiar. So he's like, what do I, I do with my here. girl clothes? 
and he goes, take him off and throw him on the beach. That's what he says, because yeah, set crazy up guy. later. Just litter, right? You don't think Moon Doggy from Gidget is living homeless underneath a, uh, he'll be happy for clothes. Very possible, and he will be happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gidget's shooting up underneath the pier. Oh. Look at the wear. It happens. Gidget goes to joke. <laughs> Gidget rides the horse. <laughs> there was Gidget. It was Gidget Goes from Rome, I guess it was the name. Gidget Goes Hawaiian. Or Hawaiian and then Rome. And then there was a TV series with Sally Field. Right, right, yeah. Oh, my, I hate getting off the Greyhound. So Gotta wait for all these sexy women to walk off first. It doesn't make sense why these guys chased them all home. It doesn't make sense, but... But it's just sort of like they're they arriving and they're happy to do it. Here they are again. Yeah. We're back in the beach and we got... See, that's the thing about the ski house is that you got to wait for the ski guards to come in to sing a number. But yeah. on the beach, you know, there's rockers just happen to be rocking out. Yeah. This is the Hondells. Yeah. They sang our opening song. And now they're singing the closing track called The Gasser. <laughs> and they're on Serenity we hate Santa Monica. We'll never ski again. <laughs> surfing's up our alley, surfing's in our blood. Surfing, 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 but skiing. skiing. Surfing, surfing, surfing. <laughs> never, gonna never gonna ski again. And... Just surf with my honey. Never gonna, never gonna ski again. Screw that shit. Screw, screw that shit. <laughs> ski with my enemy. Surf with my girl. <laughs> Skis for our losers. Skis for our losers. You can't see the bikini. <laughs> they have one dance number. They know it well. Oh, she's slapping her hip. They're just dancing. Yeah, surf, surf, surf. You can't do this in a ski lounge. There's no room to like show up. God damn is that? Funky chicken. I hope they ma get married afterwards. She's great. <laughs> He'd be an idiot not to marry propose right now. Hey, my turn. They're killing time right now. The film's wrapping up. Oh. You don't have room in an indoor ski lounge to run up in front of the couple and start dancing in front of them. Exactly right. Yeah. You need a beach and a band. Fuck scarf skiing. Now, this film is at an hour 43, and I'm not sure how much okay. time we took in the beginning, but uh, as soon as the credits start rolling, we better wrap up. I don't, I, we got to be That's good. Hours. Fair enough. Well, if for those who are interested to know what happens after the credit, there's a, a free brochure on reverse mortgages. There's no free brochure on just no obligation at a very little cost. And it's, and it's the plan you can find what plan is right for you. It's affordable it's rates. Just, you can call anytime, mm -hmm. Monday through Friday, I'm 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Yeah, Monday through Friday, 5 p. Uh, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. So now, you can lower your cost. There's her soul. 
let them watch the commercials after. So Linda bears her soul, you know, I missed you and everything. And Frankie says, look, it was all a ruse. It was all a ruse. We were girls. And, but it got, got into a lot of trouble. I broke my leg trying to impress you. Freddie fell in love with Nora, all this trouble. And she's like, you did that all for me? Yeah. Oh, the saxophone that you hate is playing in the background. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I like With the saxophone. the band. No, no. James Brown, it goes honk, 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 honk. That song is terrible. Why do people like that song? Well, I'll hold you in my arms. Boom, boom. It's so jerky and quirky and awkward. It isn't smooth and jazzy and bluesy like so much James Brown is. I, I, I was... But, you know, that song I've heard a hundred million times. Yeah. No disrespect to James Brown. I just heard that song a hundred million times. So any variation, any earlier version, any movie version. Right. I, you know, I will soak up like a sponge. <laughs> he has so many great songs, and it just happened to be the one overplayed song. Right. And some of the over... I don't think that... Uh, Living in America is probably more overplayed for me. You know, mm -hmm. we such a good... Living Oh, I got this in the classic. Yeah. Right. Wow. <laughs> Because he shows up in Rocky Ford sings that song, right? I don't remember. I saw Rocky Four. That All right. Was... Okay, wait, this is funny. Wait. Direct TV. But it's yesterday's technology. If you, oh yeah, water won't stop it. You'll still, wind blows, you'll still get nope. your all uh, in the snow tonight. You know what it reminds me of is that whatever uh, digital uh, cable they got, they probably preempt other commercials and play their own Infinity commercials on it. Have you ever noticed that? Like, if you get, like, a dish, DirecTV will, like, put their own commercials over the really? commercial break. So, so it's like Nutrisystem. Every channel has a Nutrisystem commercial. And Interesting. Like, that's bullshit. Or they'll have a commercial about how DirecTV is better than cable. And it's like, that's interesting, you know. Why are you? Why hey, do you they miss do that, that on like, senior we have cable and there's always the cable commercials. Why would you tell me I already have cable? You know what I mean? Why would you well, tell that, dish person dish is better? Well, because it's like that AT&T rule about advertising. Like they would advertise a million dollars a day worth of advertising, but everyone has AT&T. Yeah. It's just to say we're in the game. You know, there's only one thing and that is cable TV. And every day you see an ad for it. And also, there's a lot of ads that, you know, instead of having a portable lights plan, they could just slap their commercial on it. Right. Crazy 88. Hey, I'm Joey, Joey. I'm Joey 88. $88 down, $88 a month. Wow. And we have 88 at our 1-800 number. I'm going to call up crazy88auto.com right now. Eight 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 is a toll free number. Why wouldn't they choose eight eight eight? Yeah, or eight six six. That's crazy. Are they on Highway eighty eight off of this Detroit? Oh, check this out. Since we're about to leave, Dell Comics yeah. published a twelve cent comic book version of Ski Party in conjunction with the movie's release. Oh, I want to check that out. I bet it's on the Internet Archive. 
Oh, that'd be cool. I bet it'd be like Dwayne Hickman, probably illustrated, right? Oh, have like four panels to face. This film tanked, right? It didn't do well, but yeah. for some reason, Columbia Pictures and Universal Studios Pictures, they made their own snowbound versions of beach party films. Columbia's Winter A Go Go was released four months later. And Universal's Wild Wild Winter was released in January of the next year, which is six months later. So even though I guess they thought it was going to be a hit while it was getting filmed and they filmed their own, I guess. That was the trend. We've had enough of the beach. So how can we do the same thing somewhere else? Right. You make a ski. It's a perfect switch, you know. You know how, like, Marvel movies, the second one, they're like, it's everything's depressing. They're like, now it's everything snow. <laughs> so I put into YouTube search when you told me about this film, Ski Party, but I put in 1964 by mistake. And I just clicked on the first link. And I began to watch this Muscle Beach movie thinking it was ski party and they were going to leave there and go to the beach don rickles was in it and oh wow yeah so like this rich lady comes on a boat and takes these muscle this muscle man who you know from hawaii 50 to the boat by chopper and i just started realizing i'm 20 minutes into this film and we still haven't gone to skiing something must be wrong and i looked at the title and i was like i'm an idiot <laughs> So I wasted a bunch. Was it Beach Blanket Battle? Well, that it's not much time if you get another Don Rickles in it. Well, Don Rickles wasn't you, doing uh, Rickles' insult humor. He was acting, you know. And um, yeah, Buddy Hackett was the uh, the rich woman's uh, uh, like number one and arranging stuff for him, and he was pretty funny. That's pretty cool. Well, I guess, but I quit after uh, 50 minutes. I was like, I mean, I got research to do. I can't be watching beach films. Yeah. But I can't enjoy this for fun. was in it. Well, I'm going to go check out Muscle Beach then, because I want to see it. Yeah. What was it called? I'll look at my history here. As we're waiting for the last, this is going to end now, and we just have to get through these commercials. I know. I'm so tired of awesome attacks. I don't even want to deal. Yay! That's it's a called great Muscle party. Beach Party, 1964. All right, I'm gonna watch it in my free time. If I, I don't leave the house today. Okay, Freddie shows up now, and all he wants to know is where the hell is Nora. That's all he wants. Oh my god! They cruise guy ran from fucking Oklahoma over there. It's insane. Idaho, Sun Valley, Idaho. We learned. That is a long greyhound. Hey guys, have you seen a girl on the beach? I'm looking for a girl on the beach. She's got mod hair. Now, Mike, as wow. you know, we're doing the switcheroo next time. Okay. Yes, I, oh, I know, but hey, well, let's wait till this movie ends and we'll let the audience know. worried, though. We're mm-hmm. at 152. Do you think we spend. Okay. okay. All right, so... Yeah, we're all right. <laughs> No, 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 let's go ahead. Let's bring it up now. Look, there's Nora's clothes. He lies and said, she heard you were coming, so she swam away. 
She must be, she could probably be to Japan by now. And Freddie believes it. Yeah. Nora! Now watch, does he really go in the water? See, he's an actor, man. He commits. He does. Was he wearing a sweater? I must have... Yes. He just came from the uh, snow. But, oh, fourth wall, fourth wall. He goes, we'll tell him the truth tomorrow. And now uh, yeah. Peevney's recording to his psychotherapist and he's saying that the skis have got fatter as he looks at a surfboard. It's not funny. But he looks pretty cool. I like that style. So now all's well that ends. They were tough. They're back on the beach. And Yay, we're the Hanel Ski Party sucks. No more skiing, just the surface waves. Oh. We say goodbye to our like adventure. And remember the moral of our picture. Skiing sucks. <laughs> Stay tuned for cruise school. We're cruising. We don't know there's double meaning. Yeah, there's Robert Q. Lewis. Bobby Shaw. Da -da 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 -da. I do like when they show the credits like this. Where they show the now, his name is Aaron Kincaid, but he spells Aaron with only one A. Oh, Arnaud. <laughs> Arard. 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 All right, look at this. They got the New Year's Eve. You can't hardly wait. Movie. Oh my god. You're right, it was it must November. Yeah, because they had a Black Friday ad. Uh-huh. Exodus. These are some good movies. I wanna check it out. Alright, there's Leo the Lion saying goodbye. Courtesy of Metro Golden Air. And we are done. There's just more commercials called. What did you think of Beach Party nineteen sixty six? It was I would not it I was good for your show. There was lots to talk about. This is not the kind of film I would have checked out. Uh, it was interesting, you know, and it had some. Yeah, I would check it out. James Brown. Yeah, I was recommended for James Brown and the Flames. That was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and Leslie Gorsing and Sunshine and Lollipops. It was all right. It was serviceable. It had enough fourth wall breaking. Carl, as as we always do, I uh, pick a movie for you to research, and these are movies I've read about. But this week we're doing a switcheroo. Yeah. Okay. You have Next a movie week, for we, me. We, we will be watching the movie Loving You, 1957, Loving You, starring Elvis Presley. Oh, this is the Elvis Presley movie. You're the best. I'll send you the link. All right. Well, let's... Okay. Uh, let's play the trailer. Uh, but if we get cut off at, two, at 4 o'clock, uh, thank you guys for listening to LWAFLMOYT. And we... Uh, I, there's no really trailer for this, but we're going to watch Elvis Presley next week, and I'll do the research. I'm looking forward to it. Carl, what a pleasure to, to watch a movie with you and the, our audience. What a pleasure. Agree. Uh, it was, it was agreed. And uh, check Carl out uh, on uh, Zoom, open mics, and check me out uh, doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> One less than you. Uh, all right, guys, so that's been our show. Let's watch the full life movie on L L L L A A A A A L L L L W W A A A A F F L L L L L M M M M O O Y Y Y Y T T T T T T T. That's it. Thank you guys so much. It's been a pleasure. L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L L
That stands for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Carl, welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're in rare form, but it's not so rare. Thanks for having me. I'm always excited at the beginning of the show. This is a two-hour show, so we start off our show fresh. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, you can by using our acronym. It's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We have a fantastic YouTube channel that Carl uh, moderates, I guess, or tolerates. I mean, we watch a full-length movie on YouTube. And we do this every week. We stream first on meetmeradio.fm. We're on it right now, every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Hawaii. What is it, Mountain? It's 11 a.m. Hawaii time, 2 p.m. Los Angeles time, 5 p.m. Jersey City time. Wait a minute. You don't call it San Francisco time anymore, you snub. You're L.A. now. I'm in, I'm in Los Angeles. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, well, the station does broadcast from L.A. and uh, from right. uh, San, San Francisco. Francisco. Yes. Yes. Listen, people, call it Frisco. Just do it. Bite the bullet. Be, do something new. Call it Frisco. Oh, 
Yes. Well, you know, back in my hometown of San Fran. Mm. Ooh. Oh, uh. the Bay Area. How dare you call it? Just call it Frisco. Frisco. People call it Frisco. There's no no shame in the game. San Fran is a shameful thing, but you know, people Jess learn. Joplin called it Frisco. Uh huh. Hippies call it Frisco. Yeah. William yeah. S. Burroughs called it Frisco. Yeah, he shot his wife. Oh, but that doesn't mean you. Okay, never mind. So it's a rich history of the Bay Area. MutinyRadio.fm is part of it. You can go to MutinyRadio.fm, hit the donation button, send some money. You can send it through Venmo at Mutiny Radio. Helps the station out a lot. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We want you to listen to the show as audio while watching the video on YouTube at the same time for a multimedia extravaganza. Oh, it's titillating. Multimedia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Carl, what is the movie today? Today we are watching <clears throat> Finders Keepers, 1984. Finders Keepers, 1984. I don't need to spell that for you. And the channel we like is a little weird. It looks like 4YPMOE, but it's not a 4. It's like a Greek symbol or a Russian symbol or a Eastern. It looks like a foreign print of the movie, but it is actually in English. So don't don't fret. Mm-hmm. They were able to, to post it. So go ahead, find the Greek Russian letters. It's the only one that has Wait a second. Keep- I'm mistaken. The channel's called PYCTAM. PYCTAM. Sorry about that. Oh, I think that's the same one I have. All right, well, sounds good. So here's the trick. We want you to go into your YouTube, and don't worry. Take your time. We're going to have a fantastic segment right before the movie. So chill out, all right? But the movie's called Finders Keepers, 1984. You're going to find a foreign link. That is, of course, you are a cis white male like us in, in America. It looks pretty foreign to us. It is Greek <laughs> or Russian. It's Y-A-P-B-Y. Anyway, click the link. It's the, the only one that's full name. Hit pause. Move your timer to zero, zero, zero. And when we say go, uh, go ahead and hit the go button. So take your time. We're really excited. The person who's going to say go is a celebrity comedian as mm-hmm. part of our weekly celebrity comedian countdown with Carl. And this is a great segment that Carl produces. He talks to one of the many great comics out here uh, in the Bay Area and uh, in Los Angeles in New Jersey. Uh, Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Ryan Lodge. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I say Ryan Lodge, but that's not how you appear on Facebook. You're Ryan Patrick on Facebook. I mean, could you get any more Irish? What's up there? How can you find <laughs> a different name? I know. You can't trust somebody with two first names, right? <laughs> um, so I, I guess, uh, yeah, my real name is Ryan Lodge, but my... Uh, I guess my stage name is Ryan Patrick, honestly, because uh, my wife is a teacher. And uh, not that I do any kind of crazy material that would, you know, be deemed offensive or, you know, rated NC-17. But just in case, I always do my uh, my first and my middle name. Oh, so. your middle name is Patrick. So that's how you arrived at that. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried to think. I was like, should I get something cool? But I couldn't think of anything cool. And then if it's like too forced, then it doesn't, it, it would just look weird. And then do I go just by Ryan? And I'm like, ah, I don't think I can pull that off. Like, right. So I just did the first and middle name. 
So when people bring you up, you are Ryan Patrick. For the most part, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's still a couple people, and this is somewhat recent um, that I've kind of started going by Ryan Patrick, I guess. Uh, it's somewhat recent. So I will get, you know, Ryan Lodge here and there. But to be honest, I don't, I don't really – I don't really care as long as my stuff, you know, that's in writing on the internet is Ryan Patrick. I'm fine with it. Yeah, that makes sense. And you don't know what people will get um, offended by or have a complaint about, you know, or exactly. mention. Yeah, because, you know, so you are down in like South Jersey. You do a lot of Philly stuff. How long have you been doing comedy? And you've, have you been ba basically based out of there the whole time? Uh, no, so actually, I grew up in South Jersey. I grew up right outside of, uh, like, Cherry Hill, uh, way down south. And I live up in, uh, like, right north of Marstown, kind of close to Wayne. And so I live in North Jersey. And I've done comedy for, I feel like it's been on and off forever. I remember I started, uh, well, I tried, keyword is tried. I tried comedy for the first time when I was in college and I bombed in like front of maybe 150 people. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. And it was seven minutes of silence and I went in like feeling so confident feeling good. And it was a brutal bomb. So I stopped stand up, but I shifted over to improv and I did about three years of improv in Philadelphia. Then I moved up North um, with my girlfriend, now wife at the time. And I found, uh, there's a theater called Rhino Theater in Suffern and did improv there for about, I think it was like two years. And eventually I just got the stand up bug. I'm like, I gotta do it. And ever since then, it's been a hundred percent stand up. Uh, I love it. It's like a beautiful, What's the word? It's a beautiful struggle, I guess you could say, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now, I know you do comedy at Rhino. I know that you're the host there on Thursdays very often for their mics. There's two mics there. So what, it was a natural transition from improv to comedy there, or did you go away and come back again? No, it was funny. Like, while I was doing improv, um, the woman that owns the theater, Maria, she... Yeah. Uh, she she gave me a chance and she's like oh you should try hosting the open mics for stand-up and i'm like oh i don't know if i can do that like <laughs> i was freaking out and i'm like okay fine i'll try it and i tried it and it was a lot of fun and the people are so freaking awesome like all the comedians like i, I think a lot of people out that that aren't uh, actively doing comedy or have always thought about doing comedy I don't think they realize how awesome of a community it is and how friendly everybody is it's it's awesome it's it's so cool so once I started doing um hosting open mics that's when I got the bug and I just really wanted to get more and more involved with stand-up and started just doing open mics and just kind of really dove into it so if anybody is thinking about it uh definitely do it nobody is intimidating they might people might look intimidating but comedians are awesome people now you've also got it going on on youtube you're working on this pilot it's called new joke city now i know you're not old enough to remember new jack city that's <laughs> where that title comes from you, what richie dugan and dc are with you there tell me about this pilot yeah so 
It's called uh, New Joke City. And what the idea behind it is, uh, Richie Dugan ended up having this idea. He wanted to interview comics. And he also wanted to kind of show uh, the contrasting of material on the street and in an actual club. So they, I got super lucky. They wanted me to host the the show. And I said, of course, it is such a great idea. And this other guy, DC in the city, he's in video production, super, super professional. And he takes these ideas and makes them a reality. So uh, Richie and DC, they work together. And for the past, uh, what is it, October, July? I'd say like three, four months, um, we've interviewed almost 10 comedians just in the streets of New York City, whether it was in the Bronx, Washington Square Park, uh, Union Square Park. And then we'll actually do a five-minute set in public uh, in front of oh, really? random people. Yeah. So that's been so interesting. You see so many different characters, and it's great to just see the city just, what's the word I'm looking for? Raw? Is that a good way to put it? Yeah, raw. And then turn on the camera, and whatever happens, <laughs> happens you're doing street comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And then magic. It, it's, it's, it's really cool. And then at the end of the series, um, like after every five, six comedians we interview, uh, they they put on a show like an actual uh like an actual show with all those comedians featuring and you get to see i guess the difference between that material working on the street the same exact material working on stage in a club and the difference is unbelievable yeah i'm sure there's a contrast there now dc is dave carey is he from dc no 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 he's uh he's from central jersey but uh, but yeah, we started working together uh, during the pandemic, actually, um, through Zoom comedy. So yeah, crazy how it just kind of all worked out like that. Yeah, Zoom, it's a new world, and I don't think it's going away quick. I think it eventually will go away, but it'll be years now that we all know about it, you know? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, Ryan, how can people find you out there on the internet, on social media? What's your tags and, and uh, on the Twitter grams and the Snapple chats? Oh, man. Well, let's see. I, I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Ryan, <laughs> as Ryan Patrick. Ryan. Um, I think on Instagram, my name is Ryan Patrick Comic. Very uh, original. Um, and I'm not really on Twitter that much. I just feel like during the day, I don't know. Some people tweet all throughout the day. I kind of wish I had that time. Yeah. Uh, so I'm mainly just on Instagram and Facebook. And then um, and then YouTube. YouTube will have New Joke City come out. Uh, I think it's around November we'll have everything out and about. And, yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun. So, yeah, YouTube, Instagram, and uh, Facebook. So this should be airing in November. So people go out there and look for New Joke City. I think this is the, uh, if you want to be entertained, I mean, you know, with the street comedy and everything, I think this is the one to check out. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Now, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie with us in the studio. We're all going to press play at the exact same time. So, Ryan, why don't you take it away and give us that celebrity comedian countdown? Okay, ready? I've been practicing, so <clears throat> hopefully this is good. All right, ready? Three, two, one, go! 
That was awesome. That was a great comedian, uh, celebrity comedian countdown, Carl. I, I thought so. Yeah. And we're going to start off with a unicorn. It's a CBS theatrical films, which I think Young Doctors in Love, uh, directed by Gary Marshall, was the first one. And then they had a big like drama hit. And then they had movies like this. Yeah. That's right. This was a serious movie. It was a Hollywood movie. It was a $7 million budget, and they made over $1 million. So it was a good flop. So it was a $7 million budget, Yeah, and they made back One point something, yeah. Is it because their title credit looks like Close Encounters of the Third Kind of TV show? <laughs> that's just the that's just the 80s for you. No, maybe it's Michael O'Keefe, the, the one no one remembers from Caddyshack. That is right. He is the guy you know from Caddyshack. And he oh, got that nice him. Irish girl pregnant. Isn't he married to a, or was married to a country star? Bonnie Raitt, of all people. I'll oh. be right back. I just have to let the dogs in because, unfortunately, Mutiny Radio Studio will not open the door for me. Hold on. I know. That's a terror. Well, we are setting up here in a mansion, a nice little airless movie. This is directed by Richard Lester who, of course, made those delightful Beatle movies and those less delightful Superman sequels. But he has a very deft touch. Not the next a good movie. I like that movie. Saw that. I like his Beatles movies. Help is funny. So this is kind of like a uh, parading down Broadway movie as the jokes will be <laughs> parading down Broadway. Carl, don't you think the jokes will be Pamela Stevenson? And what we're seeing right now is a sort of break-in, but the truth is it's the daughter and a lover, and they know right where the safe is, and they know the codes, and they're going to sure. take a bunch of money. As a matter of fact, it'll be $5 million. and that's $5 million in 1984 dollars. So, you know, it's right. pretend money because it's a script any old way, so it's worth zero real dollars. They're going to heist it right now. Look, she's got to hold the bag. She would make a lousy deal or no deal uh, spokeswoman. <laughs> the joke ha that happened here is she was like ready to, oh, my lover, and kiss him and have a passionate moment. And he's like, come on, come on, open the safe. Uh, she's still trying to seduce him? It, seduce is not the word. They're already together. She's trying to be romantic, and he's just not interested. And you're right. This is Pamela Stevenson. Um she, Sorry, I had to hear what music was playing. There they go in their already rich person's car, but they're stealing $5 million. Ooh, um, is that Jim Carrey? No, Jim Carrey will show up, though. But well, his name showed up. It's in the credits. Yeah. Don't get excited for him. It's his second film ever, and he has a... It isn't a bit part, but it kind of is. You'll see. He does okay, but you don't know he's a talented person. He just does his job, which is to, his character is like a dummy. So he just acts like he's dumb. What, what was his first movie? Oh. Um, his all, all in Good Taste, 1983, was his first movie. Now, Ooh, I, I wouldn't... Yeah. You think that's one of those sketch comedy show movies? I, yeah, that, that's the thing. I, I did not research Jim Carrey. We all know who he is and so much about him. So I didn't look it up. We so didn't I don't know look what kind up. of film it was or his history. You know, the elevator pitch, they, that's how they got the music. They were in the elevator and they heard the music and they said, perfect. 
Okay, great. <laughs> uh, the, the only thing I looked up for Jim Carrey was what was he doing exactly at the second this film was made? It, what he was Flynn. doing. Hey, there's Mr. Sandwich. This is Oakland. I guess this is the Greyhound or the. Uh... Okay. This is pretending to be Oakland, California, but the truth okay. is it's Alberta, Canada. Interesting, because I've been to the train station in Oakland, and uh, I can't place it. Well, I was going to bring that up to you, because we're going to see the train station um, and its sign and everything. And and you, you're going to probably laugh, because it's certainly not Oakland, California. Well, it's a famous station. It's where Jack London Square uh, is, and they have mm-hmm. a, a long uh, street perpendicular to the pier, and there's a tr- you know a train uh tracks on that street and long gotcha. but there's there's an amtrak nearby there like if you're in san francisco and you're like oh i am cosmopolitan i would like to take an amtrak from san francisco <laughs> you would go on a bus and the bus would take you to oakland mm-hmm. and from oakland that's the same with greyhound uh the greyhound will take you to uh the start of the, the bus line in oakland no i think it stops off there but I, i've taken the amtrak i you know the train you had to go take a bus over there but it's fun it's a beautiful spot so he's managing a roller derby crew yeah okay so we're meeting michael o'keefe here his name is michael rangaloff and what he is is like uh, a sort of he's not really a con man or something he's just going from odd job to odd job trying to scam people and do stuff and currently yeah he's the coach of a rollerball team you know and he like rollerball. gets uh, sorry, roller. No, rollerball. That came, that game must have existed back in '84. Well, the movie was out. Everyone knew rollerball, right? Yeah, there was two movies. There's a remake. Uh, yeah, there was. Yeah. Yeah. So this is in between remake. Uh, in between movies, rollerball. I really enjoyed the first one. I thought it was really good, and it had Sunny from Godfather in it. <laughs> yeah, right. It had a lot of solar uh, rollerballs. I don't like solar ball babies. Oh, have you ever seen all the marbles? Wasn't that a, no, it was a wrestling movie with Peter Falk. No, I didn't. Do you recommend it for my DVD? No. Drew, Drew Barrymore is in a good movie called Whip It. I would recommend that. And that's with, uh, Andrew, uh, okay. Wilson. Whip it. Drew. Andrew Wilson from church ball is in Whip It. And it's about, oh. Drew Barrymore joining a roller boogie, a roller disco derby. Okay, team. I'll check it out. And there if you was see, a... uh, look at that comedic entering Oakland. So is this really Oakland? No, it's Alberta, Canada. Look at that tower there. You ever see that in Oakland? No, I never seen that pointy tower. <laughs> <laughs> never seen a house like that. Okay, oh, no, here so- is like now it's a crime scene, and so the cops will be there, and the FBI will come in. <clears throat> Look, I gotta try to get this dog in again. I'm sorry. There you go. Now this is not California. No, this is North Carolina, right? Then they they announced where the house was. Oh, look at this! The same actor that's playing the. He's he's late for Felix and Oscar's poker game. You don't think that cop is like an has been in everything? I think so. Oh no, I got an ad. Jeepers creepers. 
No, I didn't get an ad. It's just the, the same movie. It just switched. We're at a church. Maybe it's an ad for Jesus Christ. Hey, okay, movie I'm patrons. Back. They're both inside now. My wife's in Florida. My kid is sleeping. Everything's cool. Oh, you got the dogs in? You yeah, did, right? Dogs you got the dogs in? And then uh, your, your kids are quote-unquote sleeping, and uh, your wife is quote-unquote at, at a business meeting? No, she's in Florida because there was a passing, and two of the kids are at college. It's just the one boy upstairs sleeping. And stop making me a quote-unquote guy. <laughs> oh, hey, look. It's Jim Carrey. So he's on the run from the rollerball team. Meanwhile, they're investigating that robbery, okay? And these two things will come together and marry each other on a train. Okay, that makes no sense. So an Oakland uh, roller derby uh, embezzler and uh, con men stealing money from their... Okay, they're going to meet on a train. I got you. Why don't you say that sooner? Yeah. Well, I was letting the movie do the talking. You know, this is Anne Rand's least favorite train movie, followed by Atlas Struggle, <laughs> part one, two, and three. So now, you know, he's he's got a moment of reprise, and it's going to turn into a situation in which he's basically sleeping with a woman in the bath upstairs. That's how slick he is. That's Brian Dennehy, right? <laughs> that is Michael O'Keefe. No, no, Michael O'Keefe, the guy in the blue suit. Uh-oh. I don't know what minute you're at. Uh, I'll pause it. That's the only way I can do it. No, I'm at 210. Two minutes and oh. 10 seconds? Yeah, wait, why is that like that? Mike, I'm going to have to kill you. We're going to have to start the episode over. Oh, no. You know what? It, it switched. It switched to Jim Carrey. Yeah, we got to do this another time. All right, I'm stopping. The, I'm pausing. Oh, right. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay, we are back in sync at 1036. <laughs> yep. Oh, is this a uh, oh, move over Knives Out? Right? Didn't Knives Out try to be as funny as this movie? I don't know Knives Out. This guy was in... Um, he played a sitcom where him and his wife switched places, right? Um, like, uh, the guy on the left, the, the police officer, is John Shook. John Shook, yeah. Star Trek connection. And the guy on the right was on the Bob Newhart show. What was his Star Trek connection? Um, he was in. Uh, he was a Klingon, in. Oh, brother! Here it is. He was the Klingon ambassador in the Voyage Home, which was the fourth episode with the whales, and then he was back as the same guy in Star Trek Five. He also was in Deep Space Nine once and Voyager once. Wow. And that show Star Trek F Enterprise, which was probably Scott Bakula's vehicle. Yeah, at a certain point, I got lost, I think. We just watched her give him a blowjob, right, underneath the bathtub? Yeah, that's right. That's how slick he is. He's got his way into this woman's bed. 
but she was willing to do it. Now, he was at the scene of the crime. He bumbled like an idiot. So now he's coming home to, you know, get on new clothes. And, of course, he will discover his wife in bed with another man. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. It's up. a very wet bed. Eating, it's a water bed. Months. Now, this movie is takes place in 1973, even though it's an 84 film, because it's Vietnam era. And they're on a waterbed. Waterbeds were very popular in the 70s. Oh, yeah, sure. They're so hard. Like, I don't know what to do when they get soft. I mean, is there something I need to add? If your waterbed is soft, you probably need to put it in the freezer okay. or lower the air conditioning in your room to sub-zero. Yeah, you need it to. It, it's a freezing process. You know, I like to get the millennial uh, waterbed that comes in a box. And you open it up, and it opens up. And you just put the entire waterbed mattress in a box. It's incredible. And you sync it to your phone, and you sync it to your phone. <laughs> oh, look! Caught. You can't hold the breath. Caught. Caught. Look at that chest. That's a classic '80s, '70s chest. Just nondescript. Oh, it's a cop. They're doing this dumb ploy that he's the plumber's son, and okay, I think it's all fixed. There's spider webs in this bathroom. Really? Yeah. yeah. Look, like behind them. Oh, those are spider plants. <laughs> well, uh, it's so funny. It's a gun up his butt. <laughs> We've all been there, am I right? <laughs> oh my god, that's the least favorite part of these hot tubs. Hot bath. Hello. Oh, look at that Yakuza tattoo on the back of his, uh, on his back. Giant dragon. Kwai Chow Chang. Really holding up that uh, police car. He was a Sholin. Right. He was nice enough to hold up that police car for them. So is this still Michael O'Keefe? Yeah. We're getting backstory like, you know a man named Century? You know, we're like learning about you came from a foster home. Like we're learning backstory. Oh, good, yeah. Because once we're on the train, it's all all systems go. <laughs> well, Century, the guy they're referring to, that's a person's name, Century. He will show up later, so they're setting us up for that. Oh, Century worked at the foster home. Yeah. Well, he was also a member of the foster home, but he had like. 12 years on this key, on Michael O'Keefe. So he was like a mentor kind of guy in like yeah. being a con man. And now we're seeing a flashback of it at the orphanage. Are you okay, Michael O'Keefe? Michael Let me pick you up. And I might happen to be Louis Gossett Jr. Great. Wow. Would you take a picture of us? Yeah. So he, they're both in the foster home and he picked them up. Yeah. Well, I don't know what you mean, picked them up. Well, he got them out of trouble and lifted them in his yeah. arms. Yeah. <laughs> he like, them. like he picked them up. With his arms. You're so literal. Uh-oh. Oh, hiding from uh -oh. the roller. Roller derbyist. Yeah. Six o'clock. Crash! Oh my goodness! Maybe uh -oh. our hero will take advantage of this to run away. 
as if the back door of a cop car would be unlocked. In mine in 1984, they don't really know. It's Reagan's America. 73, 73. It was Nixon's America. Oh, 73, right, right. And in Oakland, boy, you know, you got all those. Now, they've got the money that they stole in a hearse, and this is their cover, okay? Oh, it's uh, in the hearse. The five million guy and the uh, five million dollars is in the hearse. Driver guy and grieving widow. That's a perfect scam. Oh, it's gonna work. It reminds me of Sting. Is what a great Sting. <laughs> the last episode was no. When was that? Yeah, it was a couple episodes. Brimstone and treacle. That was last month, I guess. Yeah, just listen to it. Army Navy store. But it's a hippie in the Army Navy store. So he's got a watch that's worth money. So he wants to hawk it for clothes. Meanwhile, here we are at Oakland train station. And clearly from yeah, all the like, years in Oakland, you can see that it's Oakland train station. It has to be it was real Oakland, right? Why would they, they actually bought a train, uh, sign? Yeah, they bought a sign that says Oakland. <laughs> this is Alberta, Canada. This is Alberta, Canada. It's um, Leaf. So he got clothes, but it's Army Navy store, so all, he has, all they have are uniforms. Right, so he's going to even wear the McDonald's hat. He is stealing some valor. So I won't list them all, but there's a bunch of cities in the province of Alberta. That's where this is shot. And it was the second one for this director because he had just finished Superman 3 in Alberta. Superman 3, hot off the heels, 1983. Mm -hmm. Dick Lester was our director. Lois, this food is delicious. Clark, you're eating dog food. <laughs> yeah, there it is, Oakland. It says Oakland. So, so it must be true. Is it Amtrak or is it like Am? I can't see with the pixels. It's called Amrail. So they don't even have like well, right? Because there's not a monopoly. There's the but there's the uh, Harry Krishna's on the train station. Yes, that's right. And this yeah. he's trying to sell him a book about George Harrison. It'll change your life. Interest is there a callback? They introduced the novel of George Harrison in the first act. No. Now, he's a pretend military guy, and he just walked into Oakland with her. There's a lot of military guys. Look, they're even playing dice. There was Port of Oakland. There was a naval base, right, or army base. I did. Uh, I was down there and saw the theater there. It was beautiful. You know, like the Presidio, the military was there until the 80s, basically. Uh-huh. You know? Maybe Mark Harmon's movie, The Presidio, and then... MPs are coming. Everybody clear out of here. Look at this comedy. Just parades down Broad Street. Now, remember, he's a civilian in a... in a Right. Stolen valor. Now, look, you see the flag? He left it. But he didn't leave it. It's not his. It's those other guys who ran away. So the MPs are like, this your flag? And he goes, yeah. So he goes and gets it, and the MPs think that something's wrong. Something's wrong. So they want to follow him to check him out. Right. Well, maybe it's because he's wearing uh, a McDonald's uniform. hat. Even to him from the Army Navy hippie. 
The Army Navy hippie gave him a uniform. So he quickly sees a coffin. So he says to the guy, stop. And he goes, there's five bucks in it for you if you stop. So the guy stops. <laughs> and he drapes the flag he coincidentally found in the bathroom on the coffin. And they're like, oh, this guy's escorting a, you know, fallen hero. You know, like they just, he gets away. It, this is actually funny because he doesn't know military. So he's going, you know, when he's doing the salutes and stuff. That's his but why why is Dennis Weaver and uh what's her name like not just going up to the guy and be like give me my coffin? Because there's five million dollars in it and they got a scam going on. Everything's gotta be quiet, you know. You can't go and make a big scene. This is my coffin, you know. Telephones, Bay Area hotels. You sure this is not Oakland? I'm I'm you it tell says, me you live it there. Says Bay Area hotels, they're not it doesn't look like Canadian phone booths. <laughs> pre-pandemic you could use a phone uh pay phone now the guy on the left you don't recognize him because he's usually bald in movies but he he doesn't do a good job in this movie but he's been in a million things right uh let's see more than 200 films and tv episodes career of 40 years I can't say one thing in here. You'd go, oh, that guy, because he's always the thug, the character actor. Like, okay, he was in The Longest Yard, but I'm sure he was just one of the football dudes. He was in The French Connection, too. I'm sure he was one of the cops or one of the mobsters, you know? Right. He was in Wagons East. Amrail. Right. Silver now, the Silver Streak in 1976. Right which was before this, was called Am Road. And the internet thinks they were trying to not, you know. Well, they can't I, say, you know, it's strange. I, I'm pretty sure it was the only train company in town in the 80s, you know. They still had a monopoly. What? Amway? Well, <laughs> uh, uh, not Amway, yeah, the, the rails. Amway. Yeah. Yeah, I can listen. It's not a pyramid scheme. That's yesteryear. Amway is no, not Amway. Amtrak. <laughs> I am track. Yeah, it's for for American tractor. Oh, tractor. Oh, you learn something new that you already knew every day. Yeah. See, <laughs> and the DC stands for District of Columbia. Oh, Ooh, I, oh. I just learned that again. Something I already know. <laughs> So is he hanging out with the conductor? Yeah, and the joke is like, you know, he's like, I'm escorting this dead, my dead friend or this fallen hero. But the joke is that like, he's the world's oldest train conductor and, and, and you know, the president made him a promise that he could, and he's saying like, well, I could tell you all the presidents if you go back and he gets the president's names wrong. It's, it's not very funny, but it's the shtick he does throughout the film. All right. Oh, so he's a regular. Yeah, he will be a player. We're in Act Two now, and we're meeting our B characters that will support his plot. His, you know. Now, did did you like this movie? Was this a romp that you embraced? No, this movie. No, it. I'm trying to. No. Let's, Let's talk about our favorite train movies, right? You mentioned Silver Street. No, but 
this isn't a really a train movie. A bunch oh. of it takes place on a train, but that's not where it starts or ends. Oh, the interesting. Act three will be off the train. Oh, all right. Well, I take that back. The answer is Snowpiercer. <laughs> Snowpiercer is a weird concept. Is that the one where it's like a, a totalitarian train? Yeah, it was this like French comic. And uh, it kind of had the movie ending. And then it continued. And I think the illustrator passed away. But it had a very bleak resolution. And then another artist took it over and came up with a conclusion. And then came up with a prequel. That explains uh -huh. how the world came to be what it was. Yeah, I'd like to know that because it's the dumbest thing. How can the world all of a sudden have to be on a train that never stops? Well, eco-terrorists are fucking with the uh, climate control. and They're going to try to obliviate the, uh, the world for so nature can resume is their radical disposition. Meanwhile, this kind of Bill Gates character uh, creates a train and he gives out Matt, golden tickets, but by the time it gets to all the cities, it's just a mob of people trying to get on these trains. Uh -huh. They already had the rich people on there, and then all the poor people would just kind of shove themselves in the back, and then the train goes off. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, hey. Beverly D'Angelo. We like her. She is maybe something nice about this film, but it's just not good enough to make it to save the film. But she's the best character in it. Right. Here we have a joke. It's the guy, you know, the woman in the bathtub with the chief of police. You know, and it's like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, right. I couldn't believe it, he said. There she is. She's going to speak to him finally. Reno. You sure it's not Bay Area? Because Reno's close to Oakland. On yeah. Train. The train is now in Reno. And we are in... Uh, Lethbridge, Alberta. Wait, are they in Reno, California, or, or Reno, Nevada? Uh, Reno, California, most likely. I don't know the answer. It doesn't really matter. They're on a train yeah, trip. I, I'm thinking of, uh, thinking of Lake Tahoe that shares two states. Uh, in this fictitious movie, they will go from California to Demer Nebraska, okay? And are we in Reno, California, or Reno, Nevada? I mean... We're in Nevada. I guess. We're moving right along. In search of good times and good friends. Together we'll nab it. Something silly rabbit. Right. Tricks are for kids, silly rabbit. Moving right along in search of. We'll hitchhike bus and yellow cab it. Why am I singing that stupid song? I'm ripping it now. Okay, now, as you know, the coffin got away from the widow and the chauffeur, okay? The bad, our bad guys. So, He's saying, like, if you get on this train, I'll, uh, you're a dead man to him, you know? And, okay, he goes, look, that's the FBI. I got you a private plane in Reno. You've got to, you know, meet me in Ogden, Utah. Gotcha. And she's, like, still, like, come on, darling, <laughs> you know? That shtick will go away, but that's currently their shtick. She wants to be romantic, and he's all business. Right. 
Get on that train. No. Okay, yeah, now Beverly D'Angelo and Michael O'Keefe meet, and they will be together for the rest of the film. What now, a gentleman. She is saying faggot and retard over and over and over. Really? Yes. Well, I was wondering why this movie was rated G. <laughs> why don't you go ahead and put up the sound? Just so you can stop the sound as soon as we hear a faggot or a retard. Hi. Good for you. Oh, sit, sit. Sit, sit, doggy. I think he made that part up just so you can say those words. Oh, really? You turn the sound off? Turn it up till she says faggot. Ooh. Well, I was staring at us then. Everyone's staring at us. All right, so. You want to stare? You want to stare at me? You want to stare at me? <laughs> Look at her go. Maybe She's drunk. She's not. She's just the kook. But the only refreshing thing about this movie is that she's a free spirit. You turn the sound off again. Well, did she, she hasn't said anything. All right, I'm putting it back. Of course, so then you try to find one for me. What kind of a retard do you think I am? Oh, she said it. She said retard. You can turn it off. Just cigarette. All right, let's see if she says the F word. Oh, smoke. Well, the next time she'll say it is when she learns about the coffin in the back. Let's calm down. I think she's gargling. Yeah. What she do, they're showing us she's outrageous. She's a crazy woman. She's outrageous. She's and like gonna... Barbara Streisand and What's Up, Doc? Where she's like, hey, <laughs> Brian O'Neill, what's up, Doc? Right. Now we're go you know, we'll learn that she's going through a divorce and we'll learn that she's a Hollywood actress and Earlier this year, she was on an episode of Mod Squad. Wow. Oh, so it's a Hollywood. Now she's learning about the coffin in the back. And she's like, you idiot, you did that on purpose to make me feel like a jerk. Oh, he's, he revealed that it's actually just uh, way to get on a train. No, uh, you know, she's like, my buddy, he's like, my buddy's in the back. And she goes, is he a faggot too? And he goes, no, he's dead. He's, uh, he's in a coffin. I'm transporting him home for, and she goes, you did that to make me feel bad. Look, she's reading the cliff notes to the script. Right. Cause That's she's not going to read the whole thing. Hmm. Act three, scene one. Party. Oh, these guys can't take it. Yeah, that's right. She's so that's obnoxious. Oh, that's pretty convenient. I haven't. Have you ridden the train since the pandemic? Uh, no, I guess not. It's interesting. I went to the movies. Uh huh. That's yeah. brave. I saw No Time to Die. Uh, yeah, you have no time to die. Listen, it's a 90% survival rate. It is uh, the flu, okay? People who get it say, like, I felt a little achy. I mean, you sure you could die? But, 
You're probably not gonna bite. So I chew. It's a three-hour movie, and I had a pee, so I'm in the I'm in peeing. I got my mask on, and I look, and the guy down the aisle is like his mask is off, and then I go wash my hands, and there's a guy brushing his teeth. <laughs> and you were fucking in germ hell, right? Brushing his teeth at the uh, multiplex. Remember the guy walked past you and coughed or sneezed or something, and you were on. Yeah, that was a rough day. That was a bad day. That ruined my week. The next two weeks, I was worried about that. Yeah. It was three people, unmasked, walking side by side, taking up the entire dirt road, uh, dirt path. And then when I walked around them, the guy started to cough. That was a close one. You know, that was like during the beginning of the pandemic. I was wearing like cloth handkerchiefs, mm -hmm. you know, like bandanas and shit. Before you learned about the whatever, yes. you know, I forget the no. I would, if it was weeks ago, I would be able to tell you the, the name of the mask. Okay, now she's like, you weren't lying. You were telling the truth. And she's going to sort of cry or whatever. And it's right. going to turn into consoling. And then that's going to turn into romance. Wow. Are they going to do it on top of the coffin? That would be a great scene, but unfortunately, I didn't direct this. Now, the guy who directed this, like, he's no slouch. He really no, has no chops. Yeah. I was just saying, Richard Lester, I mean, he directed Superman 1. His version of Superman 2 is theatrically released. Superman 3, which he did before this. The Beatles I movies. I don't right? think he did one. No, I think he just did two and oh, three. Right. No, he did two and three. Right. No, but the, what made him big was... England, even though he's an American, he got his chops in England, but any it was too okay, like okay, in 1950 he was like a stagehand, then he got became the floor manager, and then the assistant director, and then the director. And that became in less than a year. Nobody else around knew how to be a director. He he just got sucked up into it. A variety show he did, like Peter Sellers saw it. And so he tried to make the goon show, the radio thing, a television show, and and it was Dick Lester. He had to do it. Right. So he so was he, big in English TV. He did lots of shows in English TV. Well, I, I've seen The Knack, which is kind of like the 60s youth movie. And, then, uh, and How to Get It, yeah. Yeah, and How to Get It. And, uh, you know, A Hard Day's Night and uh, Help. Were two great movies. Yeah, you see, he. Do you he, remember the Three Musketeers followed by the Four Musketeers during the seventies? Okay, well, after this movie, he'd take a break and then go on to do the Three Musketeers, and then I think it was over for him. Well, no, no, he did like the Return of the Three Musketeers, but in his heyday, in like seventy-three, oh. he did a Three Musketeers movie, which they just extended and made a second part. Uh, and it was called The Fourth Musketeers. Mm -hmm. I think then, I remember that as a kid. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was one of those 70s uh, anomalies that you most likely remember when you're young. Yeah. Okay, he made this movie, like, right after the English TV stuff called The Running, Jumping, and Standing Still. That's what it was called, film. The running, jumping, and standing still film. But it was like a favorite of John Lennon. 
John Lennon really liked it. And when the Beatles got like a list of people who could direct Hard Day's Night, he saw right. that name. And he says, oh, what's me this guy now does? Now, Becca, what are the Beatles? The Beatles are, it's like the most common form of insect. Oh. And they're not hive driven. They're like rogues, you know? Vinyl together, pal.
That was Spock's beard. It was called the From the Messenger. And it certainly had a spectral, astral feel to it. A beautiful wall of luscious sound. As always, here at the Gates of Delirium, we're going to be moving on right now with When She Comes by Vandergraaf Generator. A German band from long ago. They've put out a ton of albums. And I'm going to remind you that you are listening to the Gates of Delirium, and we would like to thank our sponsors, Sackbutt and Crumhorn, our legal advisors, and Alfred's World of Trousers. Alfred will hook you up with the trouser of your dreams, the trouser that you never thought possible, acres and acres of trousers into infinity. Alfred is prepared to guide you down those aisles. Face the endless beyond and look good doing it in the best trousers available in the greater Des Moines area. Stop by and say hello. Gates of Delirium sent you. Me, Antonio Pittman. Alfred will hook you up. This is Vandergraaf Generator. You think she's really with you and you think that she'll always stay. Gates of Delirium. Always ready to forgive you. Always ready to Mercy, but in her own way When she comes She'll be a stranger, stop, dog You'll try to protest with the drum Beats out the danger, too late You should have noticed that
That was Vandergraph Generator with When She Comes. We're going to move on with three from Frank Zappa. We'll start off with San Bernardino. Here at the sprawling studios of MutinyRadio.fm, coming to you from the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco. It is presently 64 degrees outside. The skies are calm. And all the children are above average. His name is Bobby. He looks like a shoot when they let those suckers go Stand by, we have a technical difficulty. We will make you sit through that once again. We're moving on with San Bernardino. Well, you might think they're dumb and lonely, but you're wrong cause their love is strong. Stacked up
That was Frank Zappa and Andy from the album One Size Fits All. I'm going to move into something that I've been wanting to play for a long time. Beautiful piece from the Dixie Dregs. This is an instrumental featuring Steve Morse on guitar. I'm high, dude. It's and then oh, after that, we're going to go straight hey, into he, he. Mahavishnu hey. Orchestra. Oh, there we go. Yeah. The meeting of spirits. <laughs> Two in a row. All right, so now right if you play... Mutiny Radio. So now uh, what we hear is not what's on the air. It's just these microphones. It's muted to the stream. So we can... actually do go live uh, it'll sound a little bit different because this is just how we hear it in our headphones Scott is leaving the building. No more calls, please. Scott has left the building.
with the meaning of spirits. We're going to move on with a uh, delicious piece of uh, perversity by a band called Fractura. This is Gold Spectrum. My name is Antonio Pittman. You're listening to The Gates of Delirium, where we plumb the depths of human anxiety and seek relief in the small intervals of fleeting enjoyment that must, unfortunately, most of the time, pass for contentment in this troubled early 21st century time. The neuroses that plague us may or may not be endemic to the human condition. They may be a product of these particular times. They may be singular and avoidable. And ultimately the consequence of what we see, hear, think, touch, taste, and are told to believe in the first five years of our lives is the script from which we will read for the remainder of them. The script can be changed. We are its editors, but we are not the final decider. Breaking out of the script is very rare. Very difficult and it takes a lot of concentration. The awareness is the key. Awareness of a problem. Awareness of an absence. Of a loneliness. Of an inability to bridge the divide between oneself and the world that seems alien unapproachable. The divide is not real. You are free.
This is Gentle Giant. Shouting for 